Hey everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you hit that subscribe button and I hope you're digging what we're doing here. Lord knows I've been digging what I've been doing lately, including getting all these new five-star reviews for helping people do what I love the most. No, not talking about old wrestling, but that's second talking about helping families just like yours save tens of thousands of dollars at savewithconrad.com. Is what we're talking about. We would love to help you save some cash right now. If you're in a 30 year loan, if you've got a second mortgage, if you've got credit card debt, there's never been a better time to save money than right now. Just past my 19 year anniversary in the mortgage business. And I've never been able to offer rates as low as I can right now. I've also never been licensed in as many States. If you can hear my voice, there's a good chance I'm licensed in your state and it's free to find out how much money you can save right now at savewithconrad.com. And how's this for starters? No house payments for two months, but don't take my word for it. Just ask Joseph in Alexandria, Virginia. He gave us a five-star review and said, fantastic service, great attention to detail, simple and easy process. How about over in Perryton, Texas, Darrell says Conrad, David, and Jennifer were complete professionals. And I had recommended them already to a couple. I couldn't put them over more. If I tried, thank you again for helping us out in a major way. I won't forget it. What about up in Gallatin, Texas? William gave us a five-star and he says, Jimmy did a fine job keeping me informed, working through a couple of unique things involving our original loan. Would be sure to recommend this fine team to anyone. How about Christina moving down from New York city? Yep. She wrote as first time home buyers coming from out of state. Naturally, this is a very stressful process, but save with Conrad was a blessing. The entire team is helpful, courteous, and just made the entire experience so much easier and more pleasant than it could have been. I can't thank save with Conrad enough. Thank you for everything you've done for my family. The reviews keep on coming guys, five-star reviews, one after another, you're going to save a boatload of cash. If you're in a 30 year loan, we're going to show you how to pay your house off faster. And with cheaper monthly payments, maybe you've been throwing your money away on rent. You don't need a huge down payment or perfect credit to buy a house. We can help you make it happen right now. And maybe best of all, if you've got credit card debt, I can save you five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention interest rates in the twos? Can't believe that's real, but just last week we locked a bunch of new loans with interest rates in the twos. My only advice to you is hurry. Barry Habib is the foremost expert on interest rates. You've probably seen him on every cable news service. Just last week, he advised that we're on borrowed time with these rates. The time to act is now get ahead of this. You're going to be kicking yourself. You missed this once in a lifetime opportunity. Keep more of your own money. Go to savewithconrad.com right now before it's too late. There's no better time to say, I love you. And the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say, I hate stevensinger.com. And you've heard us rave about his famous roses. But Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step? Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection. That's no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry. Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but recently he's kicked everything up a notch to better service friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100 day, 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. 
Interest-free financing is available online too, and that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home, it's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Arn. And of course, we couldn't do it without the Hall of Famer himself, the founder of the Four Horsemen, the enforcer, in fact, double A, Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? Well, I'm, I'm good. I just want to throw in a little uh, public service announcement, if I may. We're starting to turn the corner on this, this horrible six months that we've all endured and you know, there's still a lot of work to be done, a lot of people being conscientious and wearing their masks and doing the distancing and taking care of each other out there. I just want to commend everyone that is doing that. You know, you're saving all of our lives, and we're, we're helping save our own lives, and I just don't want to let anybody take their foot off the gas pedal. Let's, let's keep this thing going. We've, we've turned the curve, and uh, looks like, you know, we're doing better, but it's going to be a long fight to get this thing won. So I'd like to encourage everybody out there. Um, keep fighting. Good words from the enforcer, Arn Anderson today. We are excited to be with you. We, uh, we're still knee deep in this pandemic, but as you said, hopefully turning the corner a little bit, uh, last week we brought you night of the champions, 2015 tonight. We're bringing you hashtag ask Arn anything. A week from now, we'll be off to uh, night of the champions, 2010, and then back to another hashtag ask Arn anything. So stay tuned next week. You're going to have fun night of the champions, 2010 coming your way. Arn, let's jump right into it, man. We got tons and tons of questions pouring in. And if you've got a question for Arn, you can ask it at the Arn show. Arn, what were you saying there? How many? It always floors me when you tell me the, the, the count of questions over 300. Wow. No way. We'll get to all these. We'll do our best to answer as many as we can. And it, it should be our ask Arn almost anything. <laughs> not, just so that I cover my ass with you, Conrad, cause if you will ask anything, I will ask anything, but, uh, we're going to try to be respectful. We're going to try to keep it between the lanes. Although we did ask an arrest erection question recently, which I never thought I would bring up on a podcast. Then we're going we're going to, you know, let's just put a disclaimer on that too. We're done talking about knobs. <laughs> <laughs> Brian or otherwise, right? Anybody's. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good with it. Listen, I, I I'm fine with it. You know, and uh, if you're not good, if you're not good with that, then we need to have a chat off the air. Yeah, probably. You know, it's funny because I don't know that you know this, but Bruce is obsessed with men's penises. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. He, uh, I don't know why he brings it up all the time on something to wrestle. He's always wanting to talk about Andre, the giant or Rick Rude's dong, or, I mean, it's always something with him. I mean, he's obsessed with Dave Batista for goodness sake. It's just. It's a little weird. And I'm glad to have a podcast partner. Who's not like that. You know, well, let's just say, uh, maybe we even put a headline above, you know, the iron show, 
the man who is not interested in other man's knobs. That's it. No knob Jones. I got it. Uh, Drew Landry wants to know when you were in WWE, did you reach out to flair in a recruitment attempt or did you know that flair was trying to leverage a better deal? So I think what Drew's asking here is when you and Tully came up in 88, we had often heard that Rick was supposed to be brother loves guest at SummerSlam. And for whatever reason that didn't work out, maybe he got cold feet. Maybe he had already done his play with Crockett. He winds up sticking around and instead the special guest at that SummerSlam for brother love show is Hacksaw Jim Duggan. A little bit of a letdown since they had teased that it was almost going to be a debut and a huge surprise, but I am curious, was Rick reaching out to you to get your feel of things in New York? And what was your report back to him? Well, the original conversation after we, you know, we went down to the office, Tully, myself, Rick, and I think JJ was in there and we voiced our displeasure, you know, Tully had his reasons. Some of them coincided with some of my reasons. My main thing was being compensated properly. It was not about the booking or anything else. It was explicitly being paid for what I was worth and you know, Rick and I and, and Tully had talked, you know, this is, we're not going to go down and hold the guy up, but we're going to have an, you know, a chance to, you know, he's going to give us a chance to make it right, you know, or we're going to do something different. And Rick was on board for that conversation that we're all going to go. And, uh, which would have been really a heavy deal. Oh yeah. You know? But when we left that room and push come to shove and things got down to the nitty gritty and we turned our notice in, you know, I think Rick didn't believe, you know, now it became real to him. But I still think that night in Philadelphia, he thought we were going to be at TV the next day. Right. Or where or the live event or whatever it was. And when we weren't there, then it really became real. And I don't think, yeah, I think he had to evaluate, well, he's not willing to walk out on the money he was making and the reputation that he had, you know, as the NWA champion and uh, all those things, you know, the relationship he had with Jimmy Crockett. And uh, then he figured out, damn, we were gone. And the timing would have been, to have the most impact for the three of us would have been if he went with us and, uh, he didn't. And obviously things changed and, uh, changed the course of history a little bit, but, um, that's one of those huge, wow. What ifs? Well, you've told us before that you weren't exactly thrilled with the touring schedule and the way things were going in your first run with the WWF. And you were missing home and all that jazz. And obviously you and Flair are two totally different people in that regard. But would you have communicated any of your uh, unhappiness or did you know that, well, my issue won't necessarily be his issue. So it's not worth mentioning. As far as, is talking to Rick. Yeah. Yeah. About, you know, you know what? There wasn't an issue. Other than we knew there was tough travel. Right. 
But with the idea that the guy was going to make us more money, words out of his mouth than we'd ever made, and certainly more than we had made with Crockett, we were, you know, hanging on to his every word and expecting to have the biggest year in the business. It was going to warrant us traveling quite a bit more than what we were used to. But still, Crockett had it, you know, we had a pretty solid touring schedule, too. We just had the benefit of the two private planes. That was the big difference. But we were working the same number of days just about. Uh, as far as that goes, there was no such thing as an off day. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I would I would not have complained to Rick on our conversations because we were being used goods. We were, the t- you know, they, they put us over everybody. We were the tag champions. They did not give us some goofy gimmick. We were allowed to go out there and work our ass off, and that's the part we really enjoyed. You know, there weren't a lot of parameters put around us or put on us. The only time he would have found out that we weren't happy is when the guy told us, you know, you know that he was. Now this is Vince now that that he could not catch us up and make our money right. That would have been the point where we had told Rick, you know, we're not happy. And that he would have said, okay, I can damn sure put you a deal together with WCW. So hang on and let me see what I can do there. But, you know, that would have been the first indicator that we had not made the best decision. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo! Of course, by now, everyone has heard about the historically low mortgage rates. In fact, a lot of families are getting interest rates in the twos. That's right, the twos. But just last week, one expert said that we're on borrowed time with these low rates. So if saving money is important to your family, the time to act is now. Find out how much money you can save right now by getting a better rate, skipping your next two house payments, and cutting years of unnecessary payments off of your loan at SaveWithConrad.com. Let's, uh, let's keep it going here. Mayhem wants to know, can you explain the process when an injury occurs in the ring and the ref has to throw up the injury X what's said between the wrestlers, what happens in gorilla or backstage when the signal is given that a talent is hurt, depending on the injury, how do you get to a finish? This is an interesting question, Arn, because you and I have never really talked about this before, but it does feel like there's gotta be some sort of protocol or process, but we fans don't really know other than when they throw up the X, that usually means something not planned has happened and it's not good. Well, and for a long time, that was never prostituted either. Right. When the X goes up, you got an injury, not somebody's hurt or somebody got dinged up. You got an injury match shuts down, matches over. That's it. Now in the old days, you didn't have headsets. You didn't have referees doing an X. You didn't even have a doctor in the building. Who the hell are we going to do the X for? Right. The X means we need a doctor now. And with concussions and all the other higher tech injuries that, that the talent has now, when you see a referee make the X with his hands, that means give me a doctor. Somebody's injured. And the match shuts down, period, should not continue at all. Now, we've since went and shut all over that from time to time and did the X when it was a work, and it turned out being a work. So now it's when the X goes up, are they working or somebody really hurt? See, we cause our own problems doing stupid shit like that. 
that should have been something sacred. It never gets broken when the X goes up, matches over. That would be the protocol, and that's how it started out. You know, but back in the day, now you just tried, hey, if it meant getting back in the ring and just having a guy drop an elbow on you and one, two, three, you got to the finish of a match because a lot of times it was, you know, it was centered around a big title match or, or whatever the stipulations on a match could be. You had to have a finish. So in the old days, you just somehow got through it and, uh, it was just a different animal. Let's talk about uh, another question here from Drew. This is a decent one. He says, Flair often says Sting was his toughest opponent, either as a tag or in singles. Who was your toughest opponent? Um, Ronnie Garvin was tough. Uh, he would stretch you with just his damn feet. Wasn't even using his arms. Uh, but it was a real physical match. Um, Road Warriors was very physical match. Ming, very physical. Uh, you know, even though these guys weren't reckless, you know, they weren't dropping you on your head. The contact was very physical. You know, the Steiners, very physical. Uh, a lot of guys from that era were just very solid with their work. And, uh, that would be some of them. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the famous segment where Ole's going to leave the horseman and wind up being replaced by Barry Wyndham. A lot of fans want to know what really happened. Is it exactly what was laid out on camera and it became a quote unquote worked shoot? What do you remember about that? Yeah. He wanted to go home and watch his son wrestle and we were, you know, things were, were red hot with the company and business had popped. The horseman thing was over and he wanted to go watch his kid wrestle in college, you know, and I couldn't fully understand that then because I thought, I mean, damn, we're doing good. This thing ain't broke. It don't need to be fixed. Right. But, but only had plenty of money. He had his own destiny in his own hands. And when he said, Hey, no, you know, this is non-negotiable. I'm going to go watch. I'm going to watch every match he has. Uh, so that turned into an angle to actually kick him out and make a change. So it did. It started out, you know, it was a shoot all the way when we turned it into an angle. Let's, uh, let's keep it going here. Instagram, a wrestling historian says Ole Anderson refused to let somebody have a night off to attend his grandmother's funeral because it's not like that's going to bring her back. That's the quote. And this wrestler pulled a gun on him when he turned around without knowing until Stan Hansen told him later, I've never heard this story. Have you heard this story where Ole doesn't want to give somebody a night off and they pull a gun on him. This would have been when he was the boss, I assume. I assume this is Georgia Championship have, Wrestling era. Yeah, it would have to be. No idea who the guy was that pulled the gun? No, I don't. Probably not that important. That would be a felony in most towns anyway. Uh, I believe it 100%. You know, and Ole would have, that would have been a uh, situation to where 
when it was him and his company and he was the boss. Conrad, you don't understand. You did not miss a day of work back in the day. You just didn't. If you were hurt or injured, if you had a broke leg and you were in a cast on crutches, you somehow got to the town, got to the arena, and you would make an appearance of some sort. You just did not miss towns. And a grandmother's death, you know, if that would have been me and the relationship that I had with my grandmother and he said I couldn't be off, I think even as much as I respect and even was a little bit intimidated by Ole Anderson and he said, what are you going to do? It's not going to bring her back. No, you can't go. I believe I would have actually had to tell him to go fuck himself. Yeah. Yeah, you don't hear me say that very often. No. Certainly on this this podcast. No. That'd been a real heated issue with me, and pulling a gun would have been the least of his worries. Um, so I can see it happening. However, years later, fast forward, when he's in a position financially to make that call for himself, he does. He made it. He made it for himself. It's just fascinating. Let's talk about something a little more lighthearted. Rob Thompson wants to know, does the enforcer like Whataburger, especially their patty melts, or is he more of a Whataburger, what a chicken guy? Feel free to take a pause to discuss amongst you and Hey, Hey, it's Conrad. So we haven't talked about Whataburger a ton. Where are you at on their patty melts? Do you like their chicken Sammies? Are we really back to this? Well, listen, I think it is a, a fair question. A patty melt. That, that's something we haven't discussed. We, we are deviating a little bit from the traditional hamburger discussion. I know you don't call it a cheeseburger, but are you anti patty melts too? Or does that make a difference? Not in all cases, not in all cases. I mean, but the thing about it is who gives a shit? What kind of hamburger I like? Really? <laughs> well, I am absolutely, I am certain across our airwaves, when you asked that question, there was a collective gasp. Like, are you shitting me? Are we doubling back to this? Okay. I'm just going to give it to you. Here's my order at Whataburger. Oh, he's got an order. I'm ready. Okay. Double Whataburger. Add bacon. Just like it comes. No cheese. Large onion ring. Bottle of water. There you go. Now you know what he has at Whataburger too. That's it. Now I do. Hey, from time to time, periodically, I do like those chicken tenders and that white gravy and dip the bread in the gravy. There's no better time to say, I love you. And the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say, I hate stevensinger.com. And you've heard us rave about his famous roses. But Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step? Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection. That's no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry. Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but recently he's kicked everything up a notch to better serve his friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, 
all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100 day, 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. Interest free financing is available online too. And that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home. It's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, Jim Cornette. He is legendary for his burger orders, and he's also legendary for, after he has a big Wendy's triple, needing to take a big country shit right away. But his, his workaround, his solution has become the burger towel where he can drive his giant Ford expedition, wherever he needs to be. Cause he doesn't want to fly, put this towel over his chest and stomach and pants area and consume his burger in one hand while he's steering with the other. And then if you need to, in a pinch, if you need to pull over that burger towel can pull double duty for you. Have you ever had any sort of traveling pro tips like Corny's burger towel, which is available by the way, over at jimcornette.com. He actually sells burger towels to fans. Now, Arn, did you ever have a burger towel or something similar to that as like a pro tip when you were making towns, but had to eat your food in the car? Well, Jimmy did not come up with it or corner the market on putting a towel over you as we're eating, going down the road. Okay. You know, he may have been the first one to talk about it on our airwaves here. Right. But we all did it. You certainly don't want to come in your house or if you're traveling to the next town, come walking in the lobby of the uh, Marriott with mustard and ketchup and barbecue sauce all over the front of your shirt. Plus, you don't want to ruin your shirt getting your ass chewed out when you get home, if you're going home and got all that shit on there and the wife has to get up and spot your shirt so it doesn't ruin it overnight. You know, there's a lot of ramifications to that spilling shit all over your clothes. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You know what I'm talking about, especially if the wife's the one doing the laundry and I'm not allowed to do laundry at my house. So me neither. Hey, let me ask, Kurt, since it's mostly guys listening to this, let's give them a pro tip. Let me tell you how I got out of it. Uh, she asked me to do a load and I ruined it and I never have to do it ever again. Is that your pro tip as well? I didn't plan on it that way, but apparently it turned out that way. Let me just tell you, you throw I, something red of hers and a bunch of her white stuff. You're done being asked to do the laundry. It's a little life hack as a, as a married man. Well, and apparently I washed some of her stuff and add threw it in there on high heat and drew, you know, to dry it. And when I pulled it out, it fit a Barbie doll. <laughs> that didn't get over worth the damn as you could imagine so yeah i've screwed that up i'm not allowed in the laundry room at all and i was just trying to help sure that was not a good excuse not nearly good enough uh so and now am i to understand phase two of the jimmy thing he pulls over on the side of the road and takes a dump and wipes with that same food towel well, I mean, listen, allegedly it can pull double duty. I don't think he's told that story, but I think we don't know what double duty is. Well, here's the deal. Tony Schiavone famously said that he had to use the burger towel coming and going, so to speak, and, uh, just left it there 
on the side of the interstate. So somewhere, uh, over the state of Georgia, or perhaps it was Kentucky. There is the, uh, well, the ultimate corny collectible. <laughs> Recy- re- recycled Wendy's. <laughs> yes. 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 He must, he must have a quick system down his neck, out his ass. Yeah. I suppose that's apparently how it goes down. But, uh, keep you, that would keep you pretty trim. I would think, you know, it's good to know though, that he wasn't the only one that there were a lot of boys adopting the old burger towel technique. Yeah. I mean, it just, it, it's, I don't care who you are. If you got a double, you can wrap the paper around half of it, do all those precautions you want. If you're driving, you're eating a big hamburger. If it's made properly and greasy, like it should be, you're going to be wearing about half of it. Yeah. So the towel is a, is a good deal. Alan Norris has a fun day in the lifestyle question. He says, if it's a Saturday show in Norfolk, Virginia in the late eighties, what's double A's itinerary looking like for the day? And did the horseman have any favorite spots in the area? Well, it depended on if we were originating in Charlotte, depended on if we were driving from Charlotte to there, because that was one of the first weeks might've been the first week. It was the first week I started TV on a Tuesday. We drove up, uh, went to interviews on Wednesday morning after interviews, we drove to Raleigh and came back. Now the smart money, if I'd have known what I was doing in those days, I would have just eased on up cause you're about halfway to Norfolk in Raleigh. Right. I'd have eased on up there to Norfolk because what I didn't know is when you go back to Charlotte, you take a little different route and it's 340 miles from Charlotte to Norfolk. And part of that is highway 52, which is two lane road and full of police. So that last 80 miles or so, was very dangerous in a lot of ways. And that would have been a drive round trip too. So we're talking 680 mile round trip drive. And if we were driving from Charlotte, we would have still got up in the morning and got a quick workout and probably left. Oh, I would say one at the latest driving. Right. And, uh, in those days, it was drive round trip. And let me add, uh, at that particular point in time, business was not good. So it was a lot of driving for not much money. The Rosen Coaster wants to know, is there a match in wrestling history that you feel could have benefited from being produced in a cinematic form? And what would it be? Interesting little topical question. We're seeing more cinematic style matches lately. Uh, more creative outside of the ring stuff. And a lot of that was, uh, easier because there weren't fans in the building and it sort of broke up the monotony. But when you look back through wrestling history, is there a match where you think maybe it being a cinematic thing could have been better than what we actually saw? Can I put a request in? Sure. We've had two of merit in the cinema in our cinematic history right now. Undertaker AJ Styles. Yep. And the football match. Yep. The AEW Stadium Stampede. Now, some people would say, 
Bray Wyatt and John Cena and the money in the bank and blah, blah, blah. But I agree. Those are the two that are most critically acclaimed stadium stampede and AJ and Undertaker. Why don't we just say that we, we tried everything humanly possible during this pandemic to make the audience have something different to look at something to entertain them, to enhance their viewing pleasure. And they were both huge successes. I would say from a creativity standpoint, let's just leave it there. Let's go back to wrestling. Let's go back to what we do and make that product as good as we can. Instead of looking for the third cinematic conquest and it possibly and probably being less than that's not the business we're in. Let's talk about Phil White's question because he's got a good one that we've often hinted around, but never really talked about with Eric Bischoff. He says, what does Arn make of the WWE seemingly overly negative narrative of WCW? Was it really as bad as some of the talking heads want us to believe? And I guess here's the deal, Arn. I mean, they say to the victor goes the spoils and you know, the, the winners rewrite history or whatever. There's all these different cliches about, Hey, when you win the battle, you write the story. And certainly the WWF won. It does feel like anytime WCW is discussed on official WWF or WWE rather documentaries, it's always overly negative, but you were there for the entire WCW run. Was it fair or is it just an ax to grind and maybe they're trying to curry favor with the boss in these type of scenarios? Well, WCW was a company that for the longest time was not even recognized by WWF as being a thing. You weren't, you didn't mention it. You didn't talk about it. Nobody referred to it. It just, it didn't exist. And then when things heated up and it did become, you know, a war and the success that WCW had and the pressure and the embarrassment and the comments coming, you know, we're going to put you out of business and, you know, the insults that fly during a war, you know, war is not a pretty thing. Uh, You know, and the pressure I'm sure Vince had financially at some point, you know, that his company was not doing well and they were getting their ass kicked. And, you know, all the aggravation he had never suffered with, you know, now he was having to deal with it. We forever became UWCW guys. And even though he did win the war and uh, he came out of it looking pretty good and crushed all the competition. You know, once we walked in the door and they hired us, most of us never felt like we were part of the WWF slash WWE. We were just guys under his employee that were, it was those UWCW guys. And that's how we were referred to. And you were always on the outside looking in. I never felt like I was actually, in the inner circle, which I wasn't worried about that from an office standpoint. I had a, I did have a good relationship with the talent, but you were never quite comfortable with just being part of WWE. And, uh, that's pretty much the fallout, I guess, from that. All right. Listen up stinky. It's time to put down the cigarettes. It's 2020. Get with the program, throw away your vape, throw out your dip. 
and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. Now, if you've been under a rock the last few weeks, we've been telling you about Lucy nicotine. It's a company founded by some Caltech scientists and former smokers who were looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, we have tobacco alternatives that don't suck. They researched this thing for like three years. Be sure it's made for people, not patients. And now they've got some really tasty flavors. Yeah. How about that for a bonus? Not only will you not stink, the flavors are pretty good. Lucy has created nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine. Comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. They've even got lozenges. That's right. Us rednecks call them cough drops, but I guess technically they're lozenges. Also the same four milligrams of nicotine, but this time in a cherry ice flavor. They all taste great. They're convenient. They're discreet. You can use these products and enjoy them anywhere, literally from a flight to work, even on the go or heck at the gym. And I got to tell you, this is a product that's near and dear to me. My parents grew up being slaves to cigarettes and everything we did in our life was determined by where could we smoke? Whose house could we go to where we could smoke? What restaurants had smoking sections? Whose car could we ride in that we could smoke? It was, it was terrible. Don't do that. Get your freedom back. Try Lucy nicotine gum. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy, by the way, will come directly to your door each month. It's so simple. You don't even have to leave the house because Lucy has delivery down. And right now you can get a great deal. Arn listeners can go to lucy.co and use promo code Arn to get 20% off all their products, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use the promo code Arn at checkout. Also, I have to read this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Duh. Here's what you really need to know. Lucy.co. Be sure to use that promo code ARN. Here's a fun question from Shane Hill. He says, if ARN had to face the APA in a tag match, what would he rather take? Farouk's chokeslam spine buster or Bradshaw's clothesline from hell? I would just simplify it and find a building to jump off of. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I've always, as a fan, thought that JBO clothesline is one of the most brutal looking things I'd ever seen. But then I hear interviews from guys every now and again who say, oh, no, you just had to know how to take it. It would be, it would be a delight. I never saw one that didn't look like he was trying to fucking put you in the third row. That was guys that had survived it, sticking their chest out, knowing that, hey, I survived, but telling you, ah, no big deal. Bradshaw never threw a clothesline that he didn't have evil intentions with. And when Ron Simmons could pick you up, jerk you up, snatch you up from anywhere at any time that he wanted to and just stick you, and I've never – felt more like a newborn baby in somebody's arms than I felt Ron Simmons power slamming me. You're just, it's, it's just something. It's like a ride at, at Disneyland. You just hang on cause it's inevitable. What's going to happen. What do you think about, uh, you knew we were going to get questions about this. What do you think about the Matt Hardy situation that happened at the all out pay-per-view in hindsight? Will this be a, a teachable moment for AEW? I know you weren't there, so you don't really know exactly what was going on backstage, but it felt like a pretty scary moment at the pay-per-view where he took quite a spill. And I think, uh, 
people got in their feelings when they saw his wife tweeting too, and it became a, a very real situation. Thankfully, based on the reports I've seen, he didn't have a concussion and he, he was able to leave the hospital with a clean bill of health and he's all good, but that didn't feel like a story. And we've already gotten questions about the X today. Did you see the show? what do you think of the bump and the, uh, what will be the, the fallout from this? Do you think? Well, let me tell you what really sucks is a, is spectrum who let me go on the air and say is not dependable. Uh, I was unable to buy the show, which I was going to pay full price and buy, um, not knowing there was other avenues to watch it at the time. So I didn't get to see the show. I woke up the next morning and I was, you know, pulling up everything I could online and getting the reports and all that. Uh, I did see that that was something that went awry. Um, I will just say this, and I'm not going to assess blame anywhere. And uh, because, you know, we all go into this business with open eyes and things happen and accidents happen. And there's a number of things that can happen that go south in this business. It's a tough way to make a living. It's a dangerous way to make a living. I'm not going to assess blame anywhere. Uh, I am going to just make a statement to all the young talent out there. This business is in your lap, it's in your hands, it's in your control. It is up to you to keep each other safe. And when you are putting matches together and coming up with ideas, guys, you're taking it to a level on just things that guys haven't been heard from yet. I've seen a lot of near misses, a lot of times situations where guys, you know, are almost doing headers into the mat. The business has gotten more and more dangerous, and it's in your hands to fix it. You've got to reel it in. You've got to figure out a way to do have a match and have an exciting match without some of these very, very dangerous moves being implemented. You've got to dial it back. Nobody can dial it back but you. And I'm certainly not saying put a cap on the excitement of what we do in this business. But there's so many things that can happen, you know, being sweaty, slipping, your grip slipping, you know, inexperience, being green, not actually knowing what you're doing and, and picturing something in your head and the two of you agreeing on it and find out that uh, whether it's physics or it's uh, the temperature of the building or the fact that somebody spilt something there on the floor that no one saw before you dive out on the floor and hit the slick surface and blow a knee out or whatever the case may be. There are a lot of things that can happen. Gravity has got a lot to do with what we do. you got to reel this. you got to reel our product in a little bit and make it safer for everyone involved. Because I'm just scared to death. This young generation are balls to the walls to, number one, please our audience, please each other, hopefully please our boss. But I don't think our boss would ever ask you to go through the curtain and put yourself in danger 
or put yourself in a position that you might be injured or crippled for life. He's just not that kind of person. It's up to us collectively to reel this thing in, or we're going to go see some, dare I say, worse injuries and possibly down the road, someone getting crippled for life and nobody wants to see that. No, but I put that, I put that burden and responsibility on the talent. They're the only ones that can fix it. Let's talk a little bit about a hypothetical hall of fame. Shane Hill wants to know if there ever becomes a professional wrestling hall of fame and museum, not a WWE hall of fame, where should it be? And who should the 10 members in its inaugural class be? Of course, Shane probably may not realize that there, there are wrestling museums and there are wrestling hall of fames, but I do like the idea of there being one sort of centrally located, universally recognized hall of fame. It would be cool if we had our own version of Cooperstown or whatever. What do you think? Who should be in some of that inaugural class for a wrestling hall of fame? Well, where would you put it? Number one. I mean, you have the one that's like the shooters, you know, pro wrestling hall of fame where that's in Iowa, right? Yeah. I think there's one in Iowa. There's one in New York. Uh, there's probably some others that I'm permitting or forgetting, but I do know that they exist. And of course in print, the wrestling observer hall of fame exists. And of course on TV, the WWE hall of fame exists, but if there were a true blue, okay, we're all going to hit the reset button and everybody's going to agree in wrestling, which we know will never happen, but this is our pro wrestling hall of fame that everyone is going to sort of come visit and walk through and it'll become, uh, a really cool sort of our own version of Cooperstown. Who would the 10 guys be? Do you think? Well, let me just take a stab and I don't want to insult any one city because the world has been good to the wrestling industry and I'm grateful for that. I, I thank you on behalf of all of us companies, big and small, but I would say the one that my experience has been with that has been faithful to us throughout history and uh to large companies small companies big events small events new guy in town no matter what it's probably chicago yeah i would put your hall of fame there because it is kind of the you know it's the midwest it's in the middle of the country and those damn fans have earned it so they get the actual physical site now we're looking at 10 guys that should go in Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think you can even begin a Hall of Fame unless you put Bruno in there. I would think number one. I agree. I think I think you got to have Flair and Hogan just for who they are and what they've contributed. Of course. Dusty Rhodes. Yep. Let's see here. I think you got to put Ricky Steamboat in there. Wow. Okay. Just for as hot as he was and probably is and i think you know the business has never been hotter than when he was at his best i think you got to put steve austin in there yep got to put andre the giant mm-hmm. there's only one there's only one giant you got two spots left well just for for his commitment to excellence and his leadership role and the fact that the guy's just willing to put his body out there and do whatever he can to make 
the product better and the overall respect he has from from everyone that's ever been in the room with him. Got to put Undertaker in there, I think. Yep. Last one. For the longest time, most people, myself included, had a vision in their mind of what a professional wrestler was supposed to look like. Yep. And if, and if he didn't look like that, he couldn't have been one of the top guys. And I think the first guy to truly wake you up to the fact that you didn't have to be 6'5 and 270 to be successful and over in this business, um, you just had to be able to perform. And I think Rey Mysterio was the first guy that woke you up to the fact that, you know what? This guy doesn't have a chance at the bell. The little guy's going to get squashed. But through his thought process and psychology and the way he worked his matches, Ray never ran over anybody. Ray chopped everybody down a piece at a time. And at the end of the night, you bought it because of the way he did it. I think Ray set the standard and opened the door for smaller guys to have a very prominent place in the industry and be credible in everything they do. And it wasn't about size. It was about quality. One of the things I enjoy most about our podcast is that it's all about nostalgia. It makes me think about, you know, being a kid and growing up as such a big wrestling fan and growing up cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, but most of us had to give it up when we realized it's full of sugar and junk that we really shouldn't be eating. But then when you realize, Hey, if I cut out all the carbs and the sugar, there's nothing I can even eat anymore, but you still need to eat breakfast, right? I mean, we've always heard it's the most important meal of the day. And that makes sense. You know, if you, if you start your, uh, your engine going the right way in the morning, you're going to be more productive at work. You're going to get more shit done, but how do we make this happen? Magic spoon, magic spoon is a sponsor of this podcast. And I got to tell you, we are a fan in the Thompson household. And here's why you're going to dig it. Zero sugar. 12 grams of protein and only three net grams of carbs in every serving. They've also got four really badass flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. It tastes amazing. It almost feels too good to be true. It's keto friendly. It's gluten free. It's grain free. It's soy free. It's low carb and it's GMO free. Uh, I have absolutely fell in love uh, with magic spoon. My wife is a big fan of fruity and, and you can probably guess what that tastes similar to. I'm a big fan of cocoa. Uh, our daughter really likes blueberry. You're going to love it too. Find out which one you like the best. Go to magicspoon.com forward slash ARN. Grab a variety pack and try them all today. Be sure to use that promo code ARN to check out. You're going to get free shipping for that. We should mention Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It's backed by 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash ARN and use the promo code ARN for free shipping. And we thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. We believe in it. You will too. Try the cocoa, buddy. You're going to dig it. Magicspoon.com forward slash ARN. I love your 10. I, uh, I got to say, it tells you exactly, you know, front and center, how you feel about Ricky Steamboat that he's on the list ahead of guys like Shawn Michaels and the rock and so many others, but you've, you've even said here on the show that if he could go back and have 
a singles match at WrestleMania with any one guy, it would be Ricky Steamboat. When it comes to your all-time best opponents you were in the ring with, Ricky's right at the top of the list, right? Yeah, and it's one of those things, Conrad, that you'll never get to experience, or I hope not. You got to be in the ring with him. Right. It was not a knock on you, but boy, it really was. I hope I never have to see that match. Me too. But you, you, <laughs> with your money, you never have to see anything that you don't want to see going forward. <laughs> but, but, but anyway, you've got to be in the ring with him to understand just how good, how smooth, how intelligent, how what a wrestling IQ he has to know exactly where to be at the right time and the right thing to do at the right thing and the selling them the sucking you in to to he needs your help please clap cheer chant my name i need your help i'm hurt all those messages you want to send to the audience he has mastered and he's so uh, so athletic and just looks the part and people love him and he's one of those guys that you walk in the room he doesn't even have to open his mouth and five minutes later you look and you go that guy's a really nice guy and he hasn't opened his mouth. It just comes out of his pores. He's a good human being and just a really unbelievable performer. And people that have been in the ring with him would, will tell you he's so much better than what you can even see all those intangibles that he, that he has. He's just a special talent. Adam has a great question. He says, what was your opinion of Rick taking the big gold belt with him to the WWF? Uh, this is a good question because it's been brought up that a lot of guys in the locker room in WCW felt like, oh, how selfish is he? He's killing our business. He doesn't care about us or anyone in this locker room. He only cares about himself. But then I hear from other guys. No, that's just somebody trying to stir shit. We were getting paid every week. I didn't care what he did with the belt. What'd you think? Yeah, because I mean. You know, it meant something to some people. Other people, it really didn't mean anything to. Really, Rick would have never given it a thought that he was screwing the guys. Right. By taking. But after what Rick, uh, you know, what Jim Hurd did to Rick and did to me and countless other guys, he deserved whatever he got. You know, he had to come. He was the problem, not the guys, not the talent. You know, he screwed a lot of guys around and had no history or working knowledge of our business at all. Had no business. He shouldn't even been allowed to buy a ticket to one of our shows. And to be in the position he was in, that was Rick's way of fighting back and was probably the one that had the most, you know, at the time, um, impact right. on his, his entrance to the other place. And uh, I don't fault him for that. Uh, Dismal Abysmal says, we've heard the stories over the years about how much wrestlers earn from their merchandise. I don't recall there being a ton of Arn Anderson merch. What shirt, toy, video game, or other would Arn say he earned the most money from over the years? How about no merch? I never had a t-shirt until a year ago. And that's out of 38 years. I had no merch at all. And no one looked at me as being... Uh, you know, a big seller of merchandise, which that may or may not have been true, but I will contest it this way. When the four horsemen were hottest, when the, we had the original group, 
and things were the way they were in the 80s, we were on fire. Now, people, we were not fan favorites at the time. People did not like us. But if Jimmy Crockett would have had the presence of mind, and I'm not blaming just him, but had he have marketed us, hired a company, a top-shelf company that, like Vince McMahon did and set the precedent for, if he would have marketed his company and his talent, one group of that talent being the Four Horsemen, he would still own his company. He would live in a much bigger house, maybe one almost as big as yours, Conrad, and maybe have five planes because we were red hot and they really dropped the ball on the merchandising. Uh, I never got any money for merchandising. The first really big check I got for any kind of merchandise, and this was you know, way after I was through wrestling, was WWE when I was on the, the video game. A pretty nice little chunk of money for guys like me that live in the real world. Uh, but merchandise has not always been my thing. Um, but you know, pro wrestling tees has been very good to me. The creative staff with with Conrad and his guy Dave Silva and some of the stuff they come up with. I'm making more money right now than I've ever made on merchandise, and. Uh, it's just because it's out there and people like trivia and they like nostalgia. And, uh, I still, you know, I'm still around. I still got my head in the camera every now and then. And people remember and that's, uh, you know, better late than never, I guess. It is fascinating though. You did have, I mean, they were running your face and likeness in horseman t-shirt promos and you did have galoob action figures it's just weird to me that it was set up where you never participated in any of that financially well we got a little bit from galoob like like maybe one check i want to say it was you know five grand or something which i was thankful to get but when you you know use this as your barometer before you know before anyone goes well shit back then iron that was a lot of money what are you bitching about well when you look at people from uh, WWF when you the Iron Sheik was getting 80 grand a quarter on his action figures and merch that should put it in perspective that's per quarter right do, do the math back in those days you know I just don't feel like WCW's merchandising was way behind I mean they they put out some cool stuff on Sting but that was about it you know, there was a very select few that had merchandise. And I just, I think it was more of being in a business, you know, where they didn't fully understand just how much money could have been made because the company would have really benefited. You know, it doesn't matter when it all goes into the same account, doesn't matter where the money comes from. Live events, pay-per-views, marketing, you know, what it doesn't matter. It all goes in the same account. So right. just think like we, uh, we probably missed the boat on a lot of that. No doubt. And, uh, you got to wonder, you know, had that hypothetical situation happened where all the horsemen jumped to the WWF, if you had that machine behind you, what could that have looked like for horsemen merch and licensing opportunities? You know, you're not kidding, you know, and it would just been the foresight. It was just, I just think that it goes back to, he wasn't going to make us a ton of money. We weren't a product of his vision. I mean, we got over 
light years before he ever saw us. And uh, we created our own gimmick, and uh, we got our own gimmick over. And it did not come from any office or any office plan, including Jimmy Crockett. Uh, we made that fly. And uh would have been really nice to got some nice merchandising checks. My God, if, if done properly, how much stuff would the Rock and Roll Express have sold? Oh, my gosh, so much. I mean, just ridiculous. You know, Dusty, Magnum, all those guys, all those baby faces. My God, they would have cleaned up. Uh, let's do a question here from Adam. He says, when did you hear about the great matches Flair and Steamboat were having in 1989? Of course, at the time, you were with the WWF. Did you see them? Have you ever seen them? And if so, which was your favorite? You know, believe it or not, I think I've watched, you know, whatever match it was, but it would have been one of those when I was gone because I didn't get a chance to see it live. Uh, and I appreciated it and respected all that they were doing, you know, um, just like anybody else was. I mean, I've become a fan. I'm still a fan. Uh, two times, you know, people ask her, when, when do you really miss being a wrestler? And it's two times when I see it done really, really well. Right. And it, and is the art form that it should be, or when something is going wrong during a match and I know how to fix it, I'm just on the wrong end of the television. That's the two times I really wish I could still be out there. Well, we're glad that you're here doing the podcast with us and uh, we hope that you'll join us again next week. We're so excited to bring this one to you. It's night of the champions, 2010. I'm enjoying getting a look back, you know, 10 years in the rear view mirror. Uh, we'll keep things going the following week. It'll be another hashtag ask Arn anything. And if you've got a question for us, you can ask it right now over at the Arn show. We'll be back your way in October for hell in a cell 2010. Of course, another hashtag ask Arn anything. Then we'll hit bragging rights 2010 on the 20th, and we'll wrap up the month of October with hashtag ask Arn anything. As a reminder, you get all of these shows early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com. And Arn, real recently, you actually did a Zoom. So some of our top guys got to be on camera with you asking questions and uh, cussing and discussing and some great stuff that we might not normally talk about here on the podcast. And Really what we're trying to do is create a, a sense of community over there. And by now you probably feel like, you know, some of our folks, I know Brandy and some others, it's been, uh, it's been a fun experiment for me. What's your experience with adfreeshows.com Ben? Oh man, I really enjoyed it. You know, and I get to look and see who I'm talking to and, uh, they get to see me and we just have a conversation and it feels good. It feels like a family and, uh, and I'm just honored to be a part of it. I mean, I really met some nice folks and, uh, you know, thanks for doing this. It was the quickest two hours I've ever spent. Check it out. If you haven't already, it's adfreeshows.com. We want to give you more than your money's worth. You're not only going to get these shows early and ad free, you get lots of great bonus content, uh, including, and I can't believe you let this happen. Hashtag ask Aaron anything. It's been a little while since that one dropped. Now what's the feedback you've gotten and, uh, is Aaron going to come poke me with a stick or did she have fun tell us about ask Aaron anything? You know, she really had a good time and I knew, you know, number one, you make me comfortable. You make anybody that you're talking to comfortable. I knew you would make her comfortable. And, uh, you know, I knew she would do a great job. 
you know, I talk to her every day and, uh, she's a smart lady and she's not lost on the fact that this business has been very good to our family and it's continuing to be, this is another uh, avenue and we're very appreciative to you and to everybody out there that tunes in every week. And I think she really enjoyed herself. She really did. And that's something different for her. I think she was a little nervous, you know, that she may draw a blank and have that key word, which is the subject matter to the question or whatever it may be. You know, we all do that. Uh, you know, where you, you know what you want to say, but you can't find that word you're looking for. She was worried that was going to happen, and it didn't. And uh, I think she did a very good job. Very proud of her. We're proud too. And we hope that you guys will come check it out over at adfreeshows.com. Lots of fun bonus stuff coming your way. Uh, we just can't stress enough how much we appreciate your patronage over there. Check it out. Starts at just nine bucks a month. And we do have some different levels with some more interactive experiences. Once things get back to normal, we're going to do a big get together and uh, have all of our hosts there. It's going to be great. So check it out. Adfreeshows.com and stay tuned next week. We'll be back at you once again, talking a little 2010. I'm ready for it, man. It's Arn. Get your Arn gear at ArnShirts.com and check out BoxaGimmicks.com, the official store of the Arn Show, where you can find gimmicks for the Arn fan in your life. New items added weekly. There's no better time to say I love you, and the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say I hate StevenSinger.com, and you've heard us rave about his famous roses. But Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step? Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection. That's no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry. Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but recently he's kicked everything up a notch to better serve his friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100-day, 100% money-back guarantee and free shipping. Interest-free financing is available online too, and that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home, it's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com, fast, free, and safe shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's I hate Steven Singer.com. I've been telling you for a long time that SaveWithConrad.com can save you money, but don't take my word for it. What made you come to Save with Conrad in the first place? Yeah, so uh, the idea of a 30 year loan became less and less appealing to me, and I really didn't want such a black cloud looming over my head for so long. So, you know, being an avid listener of Conrad's podcast and always hearing about Save with Conrad. Uh, routinely, you know, I figured, you know, let's let's give refinancing a go. You know, why not? Can't hurt anything. So, really, that's pretty much it. Got put in contact with the team, and the rest is history. I actually got ninety-seven thousand dollars knocked off of my total scheduled payments from the original loan, and about five, six years um, saved. Man, I so I see here that Derek helped you out with your refinance. How was it working with Derek and the team? Oh, it was Derek was. Derek was great, um, and as was the team, you know, it was such a fluid, pain-free, quick, and highly efficient process. Was there anything that we could improve in the future? Actually, I, I would 
I have a hard time imagining any improvement. If you were to have an open mic to all our listeners, what would you tell them um, to encourage them to come to stay with Conrad? If you want some kind of pain-free, uh, quick, efficient process where you won't be going through the headaches, you know, you won't feel like you're going through the motions, you won't feel like you're stuck spinning your wheels because things aren't moving as you think they should. I would highly suggest reaching out to Save with Conrad. And I mean, it's I don't I don't foresee anything being better. So what are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save right now for free. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. Even credit scores in the 500s can be approved. And if we can't save you money, we won't waste your time. But because we're licensed in more than 40 states, we can help more families than ever before. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Oh, and did I mention you could skip your next two house payments? Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.